time to hear what it's really like to be a voice actor. It's the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. Excellent. Okay. Welcome back to the VoiceOver Gurus Podcast. I'm Linda Bruno, and um, I was going over a bio that's pretty tea lengthy a minute ago with a very accomplished young lady. So please say hello to Vanessa James. Hi there, Linda. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. So we just connected and I was going through your bio and realized I'm like, oh my gosh, we have some stuff in common. So first off, your voiceover talent, your voiceover qualities are described as warm and conversational. That's exactly what mine is described as as well, except you have a nice depth to yours. I was listening to your demos. And I was like, oh, she's got a nice depth to it. That's yeah. not something that I have, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we've actually worked for several of the same clients. Um, I... It's funny, I haven't met somebody who's also worked for VH1. I used to work for VH1. Walmart, Disney, (laughs) AT&T. And you were a DJ, a radio DJ. I was, for quite some time. You and me both. And you are in Miami, and I started in Miami. Amazing. How fantastic. I know. Yes, I, know. I am it's here. So I don't think I'm leaving, Linda. I've decided, you know what? If I this can travel it. and have my mic anywhere in the world, um, my home base is going to be the MIA. So here I am. Yeah. So tell me where you're from or your family's from. I'm from the island of Trinidad and Tobago, born there and then raised <laughs> in the Virgin Islands before my family migrated over to South Florida uh, in the early 80s. And I kind of hopscotched up and down the this, this state, went to school at Florida State University, made my way back down with a little stint in Tampa, Orlando, and then back to South Florida. And my my radio roots kind of are all over the state, but specifically in Tallahassee and South Florida in Miami. Okay, gotcha. And you said Florida State? Okay. Yep. So I went to UF. Ah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's okay. I I only was there for two years. But yeah, yeah, Florida's fantastic. So um, you've been in my, well, you're basically a Floridian. Yeah, I am. That's what you are. And this yeah. is where you're going to stay, too. Yeah, Miami's a great market as well. I won't tell you how when I was there because I'm a lot older than you. Um, but um, that's, a, that's a very cool place to start, too. A little bit of nostalgia for me. Yeah. So um, you have a, like, you do a bunch of stuff. I mean, yeah. you, you have a lot of things on your resume. Do you feel that you are first a voiceover artist and then the other elements because you're like TV host and all sorts of things. Yeah, so for me, it's really, so I have my own media company, Vanessa James Media, and within that bag, um, it's really a mixed bag of media. I lead with VO, That I would say that's about 60% of my day-to-day. And then yeah, I do do a lot of event hosting, on-camera hosting, and throw events here in South Florida. So it is a mixed bag of media that leads with VO. And I kind of like that because when the world starts to get crazy, I, I just get to go in my booth and act and, mm-hmm. and play and try and do you know all these different things so it really kind of you know the world can be chaotic and then you come home and you get a script and you're like okay back to center back to your yeah so what do you mean by throw media or throw events did you say throw events yeah I host events here in South Florida so I do a lot of things celebrating multicultural entrepreneurs um, specifically in the Caribbean space and then I do um, a women of impact dinner highlighting female entrepreneurs so it's a lot of event hosting and things of that nature and then That's I also work with a lot of charities and stuff here, too. Busy. Busy, yeah. busy girl. Yeah. 
yeah. hopefully you find some time to just chill unless that is your your chill time is working on events yeah no 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 my chill time is um sitting on the beach here in miami hence why i made it my home <laughs> ah very nice very very nice um yeah you've got a lot of uh avenues that you have traveled down which is very impressive very nice promo package to some lovely pictures of you as well thank you um so what actually got you started in well did you start in radio and then go into vo or what was your first I did. Love. I started mm-hmm. in in, uh, in radio and started in college radio, transitioned to being on the air in the local market there in Tallahassee, and then transitioned to programming, music director, on the air, trying that all out and discovered, you know what, I really do love um, being on the air and storytelling, and I feel like even though I'm talking to a million people, they can hear me. I, if I can talk girlfriend to girlfriend or mm. neighbor to neighbor and really, you know, creating those connection points that way, and I just discovered, you know, two things. One, I could kind of break my phobia for talking and and in public speaking just doing that uh, that on the mic and getting comfortable that way Uh, now you uh can't shut me up now I talk anytime (laughs) anywhere give me a mic I'm ready to go but yeah so um that's where I got started I got started in in college radio and transitioned down um to and then that really transitioned from radio being on the air to voiceover full-time my station flipped and I had to make a decision about whether I wanted to Mm. jump to another market for a job offer and I just decided you know I have a lot of roots in Miami and also at that time, I was freelancing for a few stations around the country doing their radio imaging. And I'm like, huh, I kind of like this and I can grow from this because, as we know, this business is really all relationship driven, right, mm, uh, as, mm-hmm. as uh, mixed with talent. So business, um, business in terms of business acumen, great, great relationships. And then that talent is really your secret sauce. But, yeah, and I just was able to kind of springboard from there and s- launch Vanessa James Media so that these people could pay me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and very that's nice. how I—that's kind of my, you know, VO journey, how it got started, and then from radio imaging in 2010, um, okay. 2009, 2010, I uh, I discovered. Wait a minute, okay, this kind of feels like it kind of could go with the promo world. They're kind of bump, you know, like brother sister to each other, very much billboarding big shows and network mm-hmm. shows and things of that nature. So, I just then recently in the last five years discovered there's a lot of other avenues in voiceover that I like to try, and I'm here. I am and loving promo. That's probably probably. 60% of my VO work now is promo work, which is like a blessing and it's super exciting. And then commercial. So I'm in those three buckets. I'm in radio imaging, commercial and promo. And that's where I, f- I feel like I'm my most, you know, um, authentic self in terms of, you know, voice acting. Right. Because you work in a lot of different genres. You, yeah. You've, you, you know, but those you'd say are your top three faves. Those are my top three faves. There's ones I know that I don't love, you know, yeah. like I all hail the audiobook VO actors <laughs> of the world, Linda. I know. Oh, I know. I lo- God bless them. <laughs> um, you know, not necessarily the avenue that I, you know, am excited about just because of the laboriousness of it. Also, I just discovered um, doing some, some VOG work and some live announce. Um, I was going to ask you if you did VOG because it seems to fit in the same arena yeah, you yeah, know I do mm-hmm. and um and I love it and I love the thrill of it I don't love the recuts and all the scripts and all of that so that's that's the beauty of our business it's like you really do get to find what it is you like and you get to try things and then you go you know what I like that or you know what I'm good with not having that up you right. know what I'm saying so mm-hmm. that's what's and I and I also feel like it, you know we're in a really special business and we're a special community because if you want to and you continue to work and be a student and practice your craft and polish, you can have a, a really 
successful, um, you know, run at this in terms of voiceover. And there can be a lot of longevity in, the, in this business for you if you take it seriously and you are malleable with the trends and how things flow in, in the business, you know? Totally. And actually, it's kind of good that you and I have met now because it's so funny because you're in Miami. And like three months ago, I had a client, brand new client for me say, hey, we want you to do a VOG and we're in Miami. And I'm like, well, I'm in New York. So and they're like, oh, we'd rather have somebody live here. Do you know of anyone? And I was like, I don't. But now I do. Yeah. And vice versa. (laughs) Send them your way. Yeah. That's great. Uh, I know that the um, I love promo too. That is one of those those avenues that have I never even realized it was something I'd be any good at when I started this business, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of fell into it. But yeah, you find those things that you just you resonate with and you love, love doing, it. and yeah, and same. You know what? Audiobook, bless bless them. Awesome, Linda. <laughs> um, you know, it. Some people love it to the point that's all they do, and they pay their mortgage. And you yeah. know, and there's and there's a d- definitely such a craft to it to be really good at it. Oh, so such you a know? craft. Audiobook narration, mm-hmm. um, explainer. There's such a craft and technical aspect to that. That's a completely different. I feel like side of the brain mm-hmm. than, for instance, like commercial and or like promo it's just a different side of the brain it's like a spectrum so that's what i love about our business it's you really are able to dabble and try a lot of different stuff and see where you most flow and gel Mm-hmm. so you just do radio imaging or do you also do tv imaging too oh no do, radio do you... and television imaging as well as <clears throat> um as well as again promo and commercial those are my three buckets so for folks because i have a lot of people that are just starting out or thinking about joining sure. explain what imaging is So radio imaging basically is that big voice that you hear that really anchors the station, not the DJs, but the voice that you hear that really sells things up. So we're the ones that are selling up the promos, the contests, the big things happening on the station in terms of, you know, market contests and cash giveaways, things of that nation, um, excuse me, nature. Radio imagers, I like to describe us as describe us really as like the anchors of the station that are on 24 hours a day. So mm-hmm. I voice things and there's an imaging director that produces them and makes them sound big and, and worldly, right, for that market. And mm-hmm. then that's kind of what anchors each hour of a radio station's output, their programming. And, it, it, you know, it really lends itself to be exciting all the time. And again, radio imaging keeps me fresh because... There's always a new concert or a new cash giveaway or a new thing happening in town. And I get to do this for 35 plus markets. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. That's happening in, in Philly this week. Oh, I should fly up for, you know, that's for awesome. one fest or whatever. Beyonce mm-hmm. or Justin Timberlake's brand new concert. So it gets to keep you on your toes. If you're like in the studio all day and you don't know what's going on in the world, your radio imaging copy will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> now, are you doing any stations um, in another language? Are they um, all English? They're all English. I do do some um, slight um, island dialect in the islands, in St. Croix, USVI, as well as in Trinidad and Barbados. And then um, I do do some light work in Spanish, but it's very conversational. Um, not necessarily, you know, it's, it's very conversational, kind of thrown into the mix and there's sweepers and things of that nature. But I lead it English. Okay, gotcha. But then you also have that advantage of being able to, you know, do the the other languages, which yeah. opens you up to a whole plethora yeah. of Exactly. Opportunities. So do you have a um, inspiration, someone that inspired you to even start any of this? You know what? 
Um, Doug Turkel, and I just, I mean, he's he's a he's a mentor of mine, the unannouncer, and he's the I one know, I think Doug, yes. <laughs> years ago before it was cool and everybody was doing conversational, he was leading the charge on really being someone that could just deliver really off the cuff, chill, relaxed, lower shoulder reads, which is now called conversational. Can you just, you know, like relax and act like you're talking to me? Not yeah. like, so um, he he was actually on the sister station. I was on uh, in, in the same uh, group at that time. It was Clear Channel here in, in Miami. And he used to pull me in his studio all the time and say, hey, V, I love your voice. Can you read this script? To, you know, and I just was like, what is this for? And he's like, oh, it's for this brand new car dealership or whatever was popping up. And he'd be like, send me an invoice for that. You know, those two lines. I'm like, hmm, okay, three, I'm sorry, $150 (laughs) for three minutes of work? Sure, okay, here. Yes, please. Yeah, so, but he kind of got me into this flow and he'd go, you know, you... He would tell me over and over, you know when someone tells you and you don't really take it seriously? He yeah. goes, you really should consider taking voiceover and radio imaging more seriously. You're really good at this. And I didn't realize it at the time. And he kept telling me. And then finally, he invited me to this workshop that they were having um, you know, in South Florida. And I went and got to meet some of the other you know, um, big wigs in the game at the time, um, Pat Garrett and Rick Party, who were also in the market, Dave Ferguson, big Dr. Dave. He's like on all, all the platforms. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, I, you know, <clears throat> um, they would always tell me, submit your stuff. If you've got a lot of programming you know, relationships, submit your stuff to those program directors because they're always looking for females to to bounce off that big male voice. And I'm like, okay. Sure. And I put a demo together and I just started taking it seriously. And that was 2009, 2010. Wow. And then I'm like, okay, yeah, I could do this. I know Doug. Um, actually, I was only in Miami for a few years. I was in Florida for 12 years. Okay. Um, and then I moved to New York in 97. But um, he... <laughs> He and I both were the promo voices for HSN. Oh! So I was the female and he was the male. And oh. I was with the network for like seven years. He was longer than me. Oh. Um, and here's the, the odder thing. I went to Miami Country Day School, okay. which uh-huh. is in like North Miami. Yeah. My graduating class is like 28 people. He went to Miami Country Day. Oh, it's wow. a small, small private school. So it was just so crazy. And I think he also worked with my mentor, Connie Zimmett. Did you know Connie Zimmett? I, not personally, but yes, I've heard you know amazing. Of her. Yes, of, yeah. definitely know of her. Yeah, she's the one that got me into voiceover. Amazing. So it's it's such a cool like world, yeah. you know, because you're like, wait a minute, I know Doug, <laughs> you know, because you know, and you know him, and the anyway, I just yeah. love that. Yeah, it seems like a big world, but it really isn't. It a really lot of us isn't. Know each and other, it, you especially know, Miami. I, exactly. If I could mm-hmm. say this one thing too, um, for people that are listening um, to your podcast that may be thinking about getting into VO, the one thing I love about it. Especially now, 15 years in this business of entertainment, I've got a chance to dabble into lots of different realms of entertainment. So corporate radio, right, being on the air and also behind the scenes as a program director um, and also editorial work and also television work, being on, you know, as a on-camera host and producer. Mm. I say the, the one thing I notice about all those different styles of media, they all have their... They're, they're things that, you know, really make them special. But, man, you know, if, if I could compare them to voiceover, I have to say, I mean, we really are a community that really roots for each other. You know how they always talk about how, like, entertainment is so cutthroat and all of that? I don't feel that way in VO, and that's been so refreshing. 
Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? I mean, like, you can really find your tribe here in this community, and you can right. really rock out with your tribe, grow, learn, and make money together. Because if if I know, like, Linda's got her thing, her niche, her 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 way of doing things and delivering things. And I, at the end of the day, this is a very subjective industry that we're in, a casting oh, director yeah. and mm-hmm. producer on the other end, and we send something. There's something about Linda's voice, or there's something about the way that Vanessa delivered that that we really like, and all of a sudden, okay, she gets booked for this. And then you develop your relationships from there. But what I'm trying to say is, the reason I think that we're a community of, like, collective cheerleaders, let's say, is because I know how much work is going in when you book something. Yeah. I know how much work and how much preparations, preparations of the script, how crazy your sessions can be, all of that. So it's like when when my colleagues book stuff, I genuinely am so excited cheering them on, sharing it on social, all the things, because I know how much work it is. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? In, yeah. In the day-to-day of what we do that I think that people don't realize but that's the one thing I really have been able to find my community here and we really genuinely cheer each other on and it's really refreshing it really is I've said this in the past too that I think it's because we're all sharing those same difficult experiences of continually auditioning being professional auditioners feeling rejection you know maybe not getting feedback and wondering did something change am I still good enough or maybe I'm never have never been good enough you know all the questioning and the self-doubt so it's almost like we've we've all been in battle together yeah you know so it's like you're 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 cool with it I'm happy when somebody I know booked something fantastic yeah I love that though Linda professional auditioners (laughs) yep (laughs) that's what we are are. So, and it's important to tell people because mm-hmm. a lot of them, especially if they get on these TikTok videos and watch these people go, I booked a job in one day. And it's like, yeah, but yeah, you're not. But how you're, much you're... training? How many workshops? <sighs> how much studio, um, you know, tweaking all went into that? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's like that's overnight success with 20 years or 10 years in. Of, right. Of, yeah. Of actually like fine tuning. Yeah, it's true. But the community aspect is is good. It was also online. If you have questions or you just starting out, there's a sea of people that can yeah. help you and give you their two cents. Sometimes it's a little too much information I that know. I think overwhelms people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's there. And but you they're do willing to. And that's yeah. what I find that other industries, maybe not so much. This one, like, they're genuinely willing to help you. If, if, if hey, do you have 15 minutes? Okay, yeah, I can make 15 minutes for you. I see. Oh, my. Because when I was starting out, um, I remember I booked a, uh, at that twi- time for me a huge Walmart gig. It was a big deal, and I was so nervous. And I called um, a colleague of mine at the time, and I'm like, "Hey, I saw that you just did that Popeyes campaign. Can you help me? You know?" And she was like, "Yeah, I, I and you know, I'll help you. Tell me what you need. Okay, here's how you pre- here's how you prepare for your you know session. Here's here's things not to worry about. Here's things that might come your way. That all of that type stuff. And now I'm like, oh." booked it let's go you know but (laughs) it took a while to get out of my head and a lot of VO is getting out of your head and just having fun with the copy and then realizing which is what Joe Cipriano taught me um if you book the job you already booked the job so so don't worry about being nervous they like you already that you booked it there was something special about what you sent them that you booked it so now just have fun and own the copy and make it your own and don't worry about making mistakes. It's okay. We're human. And I think that that kind of mental shift has really, really helped me along in my career and just not worrying. Even on my promo sessions, like if, if I mess up, you know, it 
just keep it rolling and then and, and I'm and I'm like and now and now I tell them hey if for whatever reason I fumble a line I'm just going to give you that that line again so you have that second backup take in case that one flowed better for you and 9 mm-hmm. times out of 10 they're like hey V thanks for take number 2 we loved it fit right in mm-hmm. perfect you know Mhm. No, great points, great points. When you audition, do you try to give alternates in your auditions or Always. do you just try to focus on right? So, how many do you give? Like 2, 3? Well, it really depends, right? Because with an audition, you have to make sure you're paying attention to the direction that they're giving you, the casting director, the agent that's sending you the audition, right? A lot of times, auditioning really is about reading. Half half the battle is reading what they want and trying to interpret that but like if they're if they say two takes no slate no bumps no ups no uh, uh, no just two two clean takes what i do is i i've gotten to a point in my career where i'm trying not to overthink co- copy too long so if it's a really 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 big gig that i want before i'd be like i'd marinate on it and give it a couple takes and and then b- before sending it listen to it now i'm like okay Let me take the time to read what the direction is. A warm conversational, you know, a lot of times I'll give you real 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 specifics about what it is that they're looking for. We're mm-hmm. looking for a voice that sounds like she's 25 to 40 and she's it's girlfriend to girlfriend and she had a really long day and she's she's venting, right? So like those it, it, it pay attention to the copy. I always do. Make sure I'm paying attention to the copy and pay attention to the re- to the direction. I give that two time a two time pass. I mm-hmm. think about what that delivery sounds like in my head. I crack the mic. I think I read what that delivery sounds like in my head. Girlfriend to girlfriend, Linda to Linda. Oh my gosh, I had the longest day. You know? <laughs> Type and then yeah. I give it what it is I think that is interpreted. I go mm-hmm. back and I listen to it and I say to myself, would would I book me? Mhm. I clean it up, make sure it's nice and tight. would i book me are the mechanics there meaning nice clean takes without any you know muffle of fuffles making sure everything is nice and clean and vibrant all that stuff not over compressed with all of our bells and whistles we like to put on there right either. and right. um 9 times out of 10 you know i either don't book it or if i don't book it i get good feedback from my agent but either way like i i got out of marinating too long on things you know i just had yeah. a recent um campaign for genesis motors that came down and it was like they you know my agent was like oh my god this is a really big one v and you know da 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 well i happened to know personally the person that was doing the booking i didn't book the job but they were like it's really high stakes and you know we really 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 want you to do a good job here and i i, I think i think i didn't book it because i let them get in my head they were like we well, have to speak ah. to casting and casting wants to speak to you first before Mm. And then and then casting wants to read with you on and I've never had that happen like wants to read with you on the phone before and so all of that where what I really needed to do was before I did any of that get the actual reads and just marinate on them and read them the way I f- I felt that I was interpreting what they were asking before I sent it have that conversation with casting and then make sure that it matched But long story short, at the end of the day, now I know for next time how to better handle those type of situations cuz voiceover so much of it is 50% of it is handling all of the the audibles they throw at you, honey. <laughs> you know, Linda, there's so much. <laughs> you know, honestly, I go by feel, and I know mm-hmm. maybe that sounds kind of corny, no. but 
I go by feel and I mean, but I've been doing this a long time. So I get it when you're starting out, it's difficult to not have that confidence. But I try to feel it. I listen back. Like you say, you listen back. Would would you hire yourself? You know, for me, I ask, do I believe myself? Yeah. Did I connect? Do I sound connected to the copy? Do I sound legitimate or do I just sound like I'm mailing it in? The other day I listened back. I'm like, oh, my God, I am just like I'm just mailing it in, mailing it in. Yeah, you know, it's you yeah. know, and so you have to check yourself and go back and say, let me redo this and yeah. let me put my heart and soul into it because it does take effort. Yeah. You know, it's so effort. it's 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 effort to truly connect and to you know do the copy comprehension, figure yeah. out hopefully if you most of us don't know what's in their head. Yeah. Um, and then you see it on TV and you're whatever. You're like, wait a minute, that's not the direction at all that was no. in the specs. Oh, well, let's talk about that. <laughs> let's talk about that. You're like, wait a minute. Okay, I'm so happy for who booked that, but that's totally the di- yeah. a different direction that you <laughs> that was in your copy. So again, that also goes to show that a lot of times people that are casting these roles are also not necessarily that they're just winging it, but they don't necessarily know what it is they want till they hear it too. So that's why it's important to be true to yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And not beat yourself up, too. Yeah. They don't know. They don't know. They they don't know until they hear it. They don't know until they hear it. I know. There's no. I was telling this story to someone earlier today that, um, and I probably told this a bunch of times in the podcast. I apologize to everybody. Um, So back years and years and years ago, I first moved to New York in 97, and I went on an audition for like Pons. You remember like Pons, hand cream and stuff? Yeah. Okay. And the uh, producers were like, oh, shave a second here, shave a second there. Oh, my God. You know, this whole thing. And I get so excited, right? And I'm brand new. I'm only maybe here a year, two years. And I walk out of there and I call my agent. I'm like, oh, my God, I totally got this. Yeah. You know, they they had it. They had me, you know, tweaking this and that. So, of course, I see the commercial the following week with another girl who sounds okay. similar to me, but okay. it's not me. Okay. And I call my agent and I'm like, what happened? I don't understand. You know, the whole thing. The whole and thing. he's. He's like, look, the the producer, whoever was making the decision could have been biting into a hamburger that had a pickle on it. And he didn't like it when he heard your voice. He goes, that's that's what this comes down to. And I was like, holy crap. Yep. This is what I have to keep in mind that it really doesn't have to do with me. No. You know, no, all, no. all we can do, <clears throat> excuse me, is become the best performer that we can. Yeah. True to our talent. And you yeah. go in there and you feel good about your audition. Yeah. And then let it go. Yeah. I, you know? I just recently auditioned and I was like so wanting this Paramount Plus opportunity. I remember it was for Paramount Plus and I'm like, ooh, this is like right up my alley, right? Yeah. And I'm like, ooh, okay, I'm going to like own this. So I do those takes and I, and I wait, I marinate on this one. I listen back, <laughs> Linda. And I'm like, okay, Linda. It's hard we, not to. <laughs> would I book me? Okay. Do I believe me? Like you said. And I go, yeah. These sound really good. I send it over to my agent. She's like, damn, girl, these sound good. I'm like, you know what? I know. But it was like, a okay, V, humble yourself moment because you still <laughs> didn't book it. Uh, yeah, you don't so, know. But who they booked was a very good colleague of mine, um, Marie Westbrook, and she rocked that copy. Just the yeah. small little tweaks that she made, she rocked that copy. So, again, it, o- it only forces you to do two things, level up and put some more work in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you felt good about your audition, though. I felt so good about my audition. I'm like, that's good. And that's the best. I I felt so good about my audition that I kept it for like a future demo because I'm like, this is good enough for a demo. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I I like to also think of the fact that I still feel like there's a bit of success if I got a callback. 
Yeah. Or if I got shortlisted for something. I mean, Absolutely. I may not have booked the final gig, but my God, I was I was a contender. Yeah. You know, I, I was we're I was, in it, Linda. Yeah. And that's the whole trying to explain that to students that they're like, oh, I keep getting shortlisted. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. That is another form of approval without yeah. the final decision being made. And also like a great tip for people who do get shortlisted a lot um, is if there is room, sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. Shoot your agent or whoever sent you that note and say, hey, um, thank you so much for the opportunity. And I'm so excited that I did get shortlisted for this. Although I didn't book it, can you share any feedback on maybe ways I can improve next time? Maybe you get an email back. Maybe they're like, ah, whatever. We just went with a different whatever. But you never know. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they do give little notes about ways that you can improve. Yeah. That's a good tip. Mm -hmm. That's a very good tip. I know it's kind of a shot in the dark sometimes, but yeah, if you can get any kind of feedback to help you on your next, you know, audition, then yeah, yay. especially in that same style, right? Like if you're doing promo and it's like dark um, ID channel, you know, thriller stuff, and you didn't book it but you got shortlisted, shortlisted, you're like, okay, I would love to get some feedback from that casting director about what I could do better next time, that type of thing. If it's like really niche and specific, you know, ask. You never know. As I say, what's the frequency you think of getting the feedback? Like, if you do ask, what's your return on that? <laughs> mm, probably not high. Probably not high. I'm not going to lie. Just mm-hmm. because that agent's super busy. But, like, my right. agent, I have great relationships with them. Um, so, for me, I, I remember I asked my agent, Heather, who's very busy. Um, she's our promo agent out of L.A., and she's very busy. And I was like, hey, you know, really, really um, thought this was a great audition but didn't book it. Any feedback you could share? And she goes, you know what? I just felt like you were really tight on the mic, and I think that could be a reason. She, st- she still submitted me, and I obviously got shortlisted, but she goes, you know, maybe have an audio studio check to see if you can refine your just the way things are physically coming out of the mic. And I realized that maybe I was too tight on it. I needed a little bit more space. So it's like little small things like that, yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. That you wouldn't have known unless mm-hmm. you'd asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. So. Well, they say that 60% of auditions get tossed out because of the sound of the studio. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Your studio <laughs> is not a game. Like, you got to make sure. I, I had a, I have a girlfriend who's in TV that's wanting to cross over into BO, and she was like, oh, I'm good. I, You know, I've got my closet here and my Yeti. And oh, I'm like, hold on. What? No, no. My closet and my Yeti and a blanket. I'm like, girlfriend, <laughs> I, I love you. But no, we're going to need to, like, book a George the Tech session. <laughs> and level <right>? up. <laughs> and level up. If you really want to take this seriously, you at least have to have... The, the, the bare bones of equipment to really get you there because you are auditioning with people that take this seriously and have invested in this and their studios sound like butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you know? have to be you have to up your game to mm-hmm. even be, you know, in the in the running. Absolutely. For any of this, which is the same no, argument for no dis, getting demos. No diss to Yeti, Linda. I'm just saying. Oh, I get you. I get you. <laughs> I, th- I think people that are unfamiliar get pulled in with that, oh, it looks so cool. And I mean, I guess it's good for podcasting. I'm not sure. It is. Apparently, it's great for podcasting. But um, for for directional, like, you know, big voice promo, maybe not so much. Yeah. <laughs> so what mic do you use? I am on the Sennheiser 416. Hey. I love it. It's my boo. His name is mm-hmm. Maxwell. Him and I have a great relationship. We work well together whenever, you know, he just, I realized the style of voiceover that I'm doing, uh, a directional mic really works best for me versus like a Neumann that's more, you know, broad, you know, capturing every spit intake of my right. voice and cheek muscle moving. Mm-hmm. But um, 
specifically, but I was actually booking work on my Rode NT5 for quite some time that George George the Tech recommended for me. It's it's, the, it's that same directional shotgun mic, and um and that just upgraded uh, a few years ago. And again, it's 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 night and day. But again, if you have an audio engineer that can help you customize whatever mic you do have with the room and the sound that you have, because it's a lot a lot of times it's the acoustics. It's mm. it's making sure that that again the entire package sounds of quality. I always ask myself. I always tell the people that I mentor, is this good enough to be on the air? Could could a could a casting director take this and put this on TV or put this on the radio? You've got to be able to say yes. Yeah, that's a valid question for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had my Sennheiser for years. I love it. You um, love it, right? I do. I have a my first microphone was an Audio Technica forty thirty three, and classic. Um, yeah, right. And I have it in my other booth where my students go. Okay. And you're talking, I probably bought this mic like maybe 90, 97, oh, wow. 98. And it still works Rocking. beautifully. Yeah. 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 And still sounds great, too. So you know, why are you just... married to the 416 now, though? Um. Well, because the majority of my work for like at least... 15 to 18 years was promo okay. TV promo yeah so to stay you know stay you know in it and I just learned how to use it so yeah. I could use it for everything yeah I'm not a huge long-form narration person Same. you know I love quick bang you know yep. I love Me automotive too. I love commercials I love um and promo was my baby mm-hmm. you know so I did 14 years with Disney Junior oh so, my gosh yeah for Southeast Asia 14 years that audition process was six weeks long so well, talk about honey. Two, congratulations like, on the fourteen year run, I know, Linda. I know that is Who amazing. That? I know, girlfriend. I, they got rid of the network when everything Let's started take going a streaming. Moment and, just, I know. <laughs> and just have a moment, because honey, that just made my whole heart smile for you. I'm telling you, I it was a gift. It was yeah. a gift that it was that long. Um, and a friend of mine who's a huge Disney fanatic, she's like, why don't you keep on, why don't you go be the voice of a ride or something? Oh, just like, go be. Yeah. I'm like, look, 14 years, I'm good. Yeah. I'm happy. It was That's wonderful. It was a great run. experience. Yeah. yeah. But you're talking a six-week audition process for that. To, yes, that it was just, but that was my first time where I said, I love, I've loved Disney since I was a kid. It was like yeah. a dream client. I'm literally going to throw this away. I'm not going to think about it because I'm going to make myself crazy. Yeah. And that was one of those that thankfully, successfully, I was able to do that. Yeah. I can't say I'm successful with the other, some of the other auditions that I've had that have been good ones. But um, yeah, so the Sennheiser, I had a focus. One of my best friends is a big promo guy, Brian Lee. Mm-hmm. And he was always like, Lynn, you got to get the Sennheiser 460. Yeah, you got to get it. $1,000, you just got to get it. I was like, I'm going to do it. It's the best $1,000 I've ever spent. Yeah. Okay. I actually got it on eBay. Oh, nice. Yeah, sli- sl- gently used. And I gently think I paid used. 900 for it, and I've had okay. it for like 10 years. So, okay. yeah, you know. <laughs> so now tell me, I know you do these events and you host these dinners, and I'm looking mm-hmm. here, Woman of Impact Dinner. Tell yeah. me about that. So, listen, as you could tell, um, you know, and just us chatting today, there's a lot of women that are not just in media and just in voiceover, but that are in different, you know, aspects of just entrepreneurship here in my market in South Florida. And um, I work with a lot of brands, too. And so this is at that time was a partnership with Cadillac. And um, they were like, hey, you know, we're thinking about coming into the market to do something to highlight some of the female um, entrepreneurs in the market. Could you help us put that together? And I'm like, okay, sure. 
you know, you you provide a list and we'll, you know, help you curate it. And I just realized, wait a minute, I can collaborate with a brand. They're going to pay for this and we can celebrate, you know, females that are like leading in, in the arts and Mm-hmm. and in education and stuff like that in South Florida. And that's how um, VJ Media Women of Impact started in 2013. Wow. Wow. Like a grown woman. Wow. <laughs> and so, yeah, but um, but um, it's just an amazing opportunity to get together with other like-minded entrepreneurs here in South Florida who are running businesses, who are running um, nonprofits, who are really, really, really just trying to own um, those type of spaces and, and lend their their talents and their voices and their and all of their... Um, attributes to other women and it's just our annual dinner that we do here in South Florida my company to honor them and it's something that every time we walk away it's just like the most you could have the 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 craziest wildest year and you just bring women together and and we all can draw from each other and it, it it's just awesome i haven't done it in 3 years obviously with the pandemic and it's back this fall so i'm very excited oh, thank you for mentioning exciting. that yeah where do you do it? I do it d- at different venues here in South Florida, typically like um, a restaurant in like their private spaces. So, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That is so. a great way. And now mm-hmm. everybody's back to connecting in person. Everybody's for ready the to most be outside part. again. Yes. We're outside. We're, 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 we're seeing each other in person again. It's wonderful. It's good. Seeing people. So, your background having that wonderful Caribbean. I just got married in Jamaica last year. Oh, nice. So, I know. That yes. was like a, my little heart goes to. Um, the Caribbean. What do you think are your greatest challenges you've faced um, in your career? Have sure. you had anything that's hit you that you're like, wow, this is tough? You know, if I'm being really honest, and it definitely seems like the, the voiceover gurus is, is a place where we can just be honest about career and all of that. Yes. I would just have to say um, two things. One, when I, well, <clears throat> learning how to adapt to American English, let's say, because although in Trinidad we speak English and in the USVI, you know, it's it's an English um, territory, uh, it's with an, an accent. And so I developed a stutter. Oh, Actually, yes, just from nerves um, in elementary school when I moved up here and I would be terrified of speaking in class. And, and so that stutter followed me all the way to college. It wasn't like a big one. It just would be when I would get in front of, places where I'd be nervous and stutter wow. and a sweat <laughs> wow. like all of a sudden profusely start sweating but long story short um I, that's something that I had to break and I had to have some speech therapy but also just like um get that confidence that I could do you know I, I could break that and radio actually helped me just break that Steve King was the first program director I ever worked with that put me on the air he's like you had a great voice this is when I was a, a receptionist at, at, um, in Tallahassee in the market. I started off as a receptionist. And um, he's like, I'm going to put you on air. I'm like, okay. He's like, two in the morning. Is that cool for you? I was like, okay, <laughs> great. But it was sure. the best. I cannot thank Steve King enough. It was the best opportunity because I was able to make all my mistakes and I broke my stutter. You know, wow. like talking to people and learning how to use the equipment. And, and from that was like, okay, now we want you to host an event. There's going to be 2,000 people at this homecoming for fam. You know, like, ah! And again, it just helped me grow my confidence and all of that. But I would say that. And then also in getting into the programming end of of radio and entertainment, obviously it comes with a lot of bureaucracy, red tape and stuff like that. So I think that too and understanding it's very much a business first. Um, You know, that's really what led me to entrepreneurship because I was like, hmm, I'm making an impact, but that impact has has a – 
what's it called, has a ceiling because of other people's lack of vision, you know? So at the end of the day, I realized, okay, this is an opportunity for me to go on my own and work with these radio stations in a different capacity where I could kind of lead the charge on my own and then they could run their radio stations. And we we just work really well together that way versus the the programming where, you know, you have one... um, objective and that comes from from a you know corporate up you know in in a, in a major market and they're like this is the way we, that we want things to go and I'm like wait but what about uh, no this is the way we want things to go okay you know how that is so right. it worked because it, it taught me a lot of the professional end of things and I created incredible relationships with the program directors and things of that nature but I also understood about all the bureaucracy especially for women in the business because at that time I was one of five female program directors and at at wow. that time, Clear Channel. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. So it it's very much the uh, sink or swim mentality yeah. that you get thrown in. Um, my first program director in New York, it was my very first shift. I was so nervous. This is here on Long Island. Yeah. And it was at night over like July 4th weekend. So okay. it was one of these shifts. And he's like, okay, we're doing a live remote. You're going to be bringing in calls. We have a contest going. Um, good luck. And All I said things. to him, I'm like, what? And I said, are you kidding me? It's my first shift. He goes, Linda, I believe you're either going to sink or swim. Or swim. And, and he goes, it. I believe you're going to swim. Have a good night. And oh. he took off. <laughs> what? Have I a was good night. Freak- yeah. Oh my See gosh. you later. I'll, I'll talk to you during the remote. Oh, my gosh. Um, and I, my little secret was to take things in five-minute increments. Yeah. And I would say, okay, I'm starting this song. I have five minutes. Yep. What's the next thing? And I would just go piece Break by it piece because yeah. I couldn't like, but you know what? It's true. You have to be thrown into it. Yeah. And then you you find your strength. You do. You know? You do. And, you and also you find your boundaries. Okay, this is great, but I'm also not willing to tolerate this. So mm, let mm-hmm. me find my exit too. Like you get to also decide in our business, like, is this for me, you know? Right. And as much as I love radio and I absolutely love connecting with people, I realized it was the people I was yeah. excited about connecting more, more so than the mechanics and all, and all the stuff behind the scenes. And so I think you get to find yourself in that space too. I Radio is my foundation. I am so grateful for it because I learned so much about the business, but I also learned so much about myself, you know? Mm-hmm. When did, what year did you start radio? Ooh, are we going to go back that far, Linda? <laughs> <laughs> I started radio in 2003. Yeah, 2003. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and now cuz we're talking about really honest issues. Yeah. Did you ever deal with any sexual harassment? Absolutely. Yeah. A- absolutely. Especially at um that time when the entire staff was male except me and like one other radio DJ. So, absolutely. A yeah. lot of harassment, a lot of catcalling, a lot of that stuff. A lot of, oh, you know, I, I'm going to wear loose clothes today. You know, yeah. all of all the things that you don't necessarily think you think you have to think about, but you do. Yeah. Right. Because when you're starting a radio, I was an intern when I started. And this was yeah. like ni- 94. Mm. I didn't know anything. And then back then, everybody was like, oh, yeah, we can sexually harass women. It's not oh, a yeah. deal. Nobody, nobody said anything about it. Nobody, mm-hmm. you know, but it and was were, such a prevalent part. And there were no repercussions, part. really, for the men. Right. Right. My boss happened to be because I worked in the business office. She happened to be female. She and um, she saw the van driver. This is a whole other story Mm. um, talking inappropriately to me Mm. and she called him out on it. And then for the next year, he gave me such. Of course. 
Of because he thought that I went and reported him and he made my life like miserable. I didn't leave because of him. No. It's absolutely awful to have to actually deal with that. Yeah. But at the time, you, think you, you don't know to. any better. Yeah. You know, you know, yeah. something's wrong, but <laughs> I know, we have <laughs> you know? to be honest. A lot of times when we did speak up during those times and we did not have advocates like your boss, um, a lot of times we get let go. You know, oh, she's too right. difficult. Oh, she's too. No, she's just mm-hmm. calling you out for your behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I had someone out because I'm Hispanic. One of my bosses, female, another because I was working for three radio stations, and I was leaving because I wanted to be a jock, and they wouldn't put me on the air. Okay. So I went to another station, and she got so upset with me, and she goes, "You're my, you're my EEO. You can't leave." Ah, okay. And I was like, "Yeah, no. okay." I didn't like at the time. I was like, "What? What is going on here?" Not really. Now I look back on, it, I'm like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. I mean, the stuff that po- folks said. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah. There's a really a cold reality. <laughs> yeah. Cold reality about just corporate life in general, because it doesn't even have to be in entertainment and radio, but just the things that people have to do with and, and the things that women feel like they have to tolerate. And they I realize, like, you know, you don't right. you don't really have to tolerate this. Yeah. No. So no. And you have uh, as an entrepreneur, you have the control you have. Yeah, you, I love it. You know, you take the reins and you do what it is that uh, makes you happy yeah. and brings you fulfillment. Yeah. And you get and to say, hey, you know what? Um, I'll tackle this tomorrow. Please don't email me at two in the morning again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't reply. We're not we're not curing cancer. Your copy's going to be there right in the morning, and I promise you, I'll get that concert promo right yeah. over to you. <laughs> yeah, you have some immediacy in the stuff yeah, that you're doing. Exactly. <laughs> this is wonderful to have you on, Vanessa James. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank and, you. Uh, your career and uh, so so interesting to hear the path and what you love and what inspires you and what brings you passion um, and you're obviously extremely talented I was listening to some of your demos they're very good thank you um, yeah and I wish you all the luck in the world thank you so, thank much. You so much and I can't coming. wait to you know check your stuff out and I will, I'm you know I'm sure I'm gonna be fangirling so sorry if I stalk <laughs> you after this <laughs> I'm old check. Vanessa I'm old yeah, I'm 53 I want to go hear some so. of that HSN stuff yes yeah. So. Yeah, there's a bunch of that oh, on man. there too. I can't. The, unfortunately, the Disney they wouldn't let me post of anything. Oh, that's... it's so infuriating. Yeah. And then they took down everything. One of the producers was like, "Well, if you find it on YouTube, you can post it, but it can't because I gave it to you." Okay. So I would post that, and then they got rid of everything. Oh, no. So I could just be lying and go, "Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, did I did this. I did years. this." Oh no. <laughs> Well, I'm sure a lot more incredible opportunities are on your way because your voice is amazing. We have similar vocal qualities. So, you know, you compliment me, you compliment yourself, I compliment you, I compliment myself. Um, Anyway, thanks for coming on the show. That wraps it up for another episode of the VoiceOver Gurus podcast. Check out our website at voiceover.guru. You want to get training with us. Um, As you know, by listening to the podcast, we are as real as it gets. We talk about all the downfalls, the pitfalls, the the successes, the frustrations, the lack of money or the booming finances. And it's all the real deal. So voiceover.guru. Thanks, everybody, for joining us and have a great day. Thanks for listening to the VoiceOver Gurus podcast. Real talk about the voiceover industry. Learn more about us and get coaching at voiceover.guru. 